Welcome to Underscotted Podcast, brought to you by Maria Dornell, Realtor, helping families open the doors to their dream homes. I'm your host of Underscouted, and today I have a very special guest from Southeastern University, Coach Kevin Lubbers. How you doing, Coach? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Man, thank you for coming on, Coach, and giving us some of your time, especially right now, Coach, when everything's going on, you're getting your kids back on campus and the ball is back to rolling, or should I say dribbling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a... Uh... It's exciting times seeing their faces again in person. It's been a long time, you know. It was uh, we got uh, sent home from the national tournament back in March, and uh, really didn't know honestly what this day would look like when kids were starting to come back to campus and we were able to restart workouts and things like that. So the fact that it's here, um, you know, we're, we're back to, to being able to be on the court with them and starting to do some things is certainly an exciting time, uh, not just for me, but I know for a lot of coaches in town. So. Man, Coach, it's exciting to have people back on campus. It's exciting to see the young people, you know, ready to go back to work, per se, versus, um, in both ways, the classroom and in their respective sport. And basketball is one of those sports that, you know, people may keep an eye on because the NBA was able to keep keep the ball dribbling and, you know, the hopes for college basketball to come back. And to hear that you guys are back on campus, man, that is really exciting. And I know you're taking every precaution possible at this time too. So it's exciting just to know that there's a possibility that this ball can start dribbling against the hardwood floor real soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's almost surreal to be back in the gym, to be honest. It's like, uh, you know, to be back and hear the ball bouncing and the voice is going and, and all that, uh, is exciting. And then you, you combine that obviously with the, uh, the ice melting in the pro sports world and, and watching those guys get back out there has been, uh, been good, so I think everybody's very hopeful about what the next several months um, can be uh, in the sports world, but in particular in, in the hoops world. You know, just get back action started and and uh, uh, get the ball rolling, so to speak. So it's certainly an extremely exciting time all around. Now, coach, we kind of kicked it off a little bit, but can you give us some background information so everyone can understand who you are? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been around a little bit. I think I'm going into my 16th year now of uh, college coaching. I did one year of high school coaching when I first uh, graduated college, and it didn't take me very long to realize that um, those guys work uh, incredibly hard, and they got a way harder job than us college guys do. So I figured out real fast that I'm probably a little better fit uh, in the college world than I am in high school. And so, <laughs> um, you know, coaching full time wasn't really on my radar. Um, I had a psychology major. Uh, I got a master's degree in school counseling, and I was doing some of that work when um, the person who was uh, Coach Walker, who's one of my mentors, he's out of coaching now. He's an athletic director up in the Canton, Ohio area. But he he asked me to come help at my alma mater, and I was kind of thinking okay well yeah that'd be fun you know but I wasn't really thinking it was going to be a career and I got about a week into it I remember going home and talking to my wife and saying you know all this grad school work and everything I've been doing you're not going to be real happy with me because I want to go chase this down full-time so <laughs> you know that started a, a journey for me um it took me to a bunch of different spots and stops um 
but really at the end of the day, um, now I don't do this. I love the game. I love uh, the strategy, the highs and lows, competition, all that stuff. But I do this because um, the transformational experience that I was given as a student athlete by my college coach, uh, Coach Fitzgerald, um, is something I want to try to give back to every one of these young men I get to interact with. So for me, there's a deeper purpose than just just the wins and losses. But it's been a it's been a winding journey, a lot of different stops. Um, but, but the core of, of what I'm doing, I'm hope I'm hopeful hasn't changed uh, no matter where I've been. So. And coach, that's amazing because, you know, right now you're telling, you're telling kids, Hey, sometimes it's better if you follow your dream. And yeah, I know that it's difficult for some people to see that following their dream can actually be where they'll be the happiest person at and be able to make the biggest impact. But like you were saying, coach, right. you made an impact because someone made an impact in your life. And now you're impacting lives by being a coach at the level you're on. So your dream actually fulfilled your purpose. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I, I talk to kids about this all the time. I mean, we're all wired very differently. I mean, everybody has a story. Uh, everybody has a background, different gifts that you're bringing to the table. And when you can find an intersection of where life's opportunities meet up with those gifts, uh, that's where you're going to find your real purpose and your real passion. And then it stops being work uh, and it starts being calling and it starts being really what you can wake up in the morning and it doesn't ever feel like work. I mean, I haven't worked a day in my life since I started coaching. It's Amen. unbelievable. It's the, biggest, it's the biggest privilege of my life to be able to do this. That's, so. a, that's amazing to hear, Coach. That's motivation right there. Coach, speaking Amen. of a impact, you made an immediate impact on the SEU program. And then you also turn them into a winning season and tournament title. And you also won coach of the year. What was it like on campus with the student athletes during this time frame? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's for coaching is no different than uh, starting any job, right? Everybody's got those first day jitters and you're nervous about, you know, will this be a good fit? Is it what I thought it was going to be? You know, what's it going to turn out to be? That kind of stuff. And so I think everybody uh, that, maybe it's just me, but I think most people have sort of the first day jitters. Uh, I drop my kids off at school every year and they always have the first day jitters too, but I just always remind them dad's got those same things, you know? So starting something, starting something new is always um, exciting, but it's also a little nerve wracking. And so there's, you know, there were certainly challenges in that process. I'm going to give a lot of credit to two men that came before me in this role. Coach R.J. Barsh, uh, who's now an assistant at Boise State, uh, he has laid a phenomenal foundation here at Southeastern University in our men's basketball program. An enormous amount of the credit uh, for any success we had last year is, is attributed for me uh, to his fingerprints being all over this program and the, and the passion and investment he's made in this team. And then uh, Coach Randy Lee, uh, who's been in the Lakeland area, Polk County, for a long time now, uh, he also works side-by-side -side with Coach Barsh in developing this program. And so, you know, I walked into a situation where um, there were good players, there was a good foundation, um, and the group really formed and came together in a way uh, where we had a really special season. Um, you know, and so for me, it, it's always about relationships. So I just tried 
from day one to get to know these young men the best I possibly could, to, to love them, to serve them, encourage them, uh, and then provide enough uh, guardrails and, and goals for down the road where we could, could unify around a common purpose and really accelerate our results. And so um, it was a blast. I had more fun coaching last year than I've ever had. And that doesn't mean it didn't have its ups and downs. But uh, uh, it was an unbelievable year. All the credit, like I said, is to the players uh, who went out there and, and did the work. And to those coaches that came before me and put a great foundation down. Wow, Coach. That's that's incredible to hear that you, you're able to say, hey, man, I inherited a great team through a great, you know, from great leaders before me. And what yeah. they did was set me up to be successful. And coach, that's, that's incredible. when someone could pass down success. Once again, we, we're talking about purpose here and apparently people are, are sowing and passing down and, you know, they're helping other people fulfill their purpose even, even greater. So that is astonishing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coach, Speaking of purpose and passion, you have a passion that goes beyond the basketball court where you volunteer in the community. Yeah. Um, you know, I think some of it is, is life experience. You know, you go through some things in life that compel you to participate in society in a, in a different way than maybe you were doing the previous year or the previous month or whatever it might be. And so I think there's some things that we get involved with that are, uh, real personal to me. Um, but then there's also some things that we do, uh, that are real personal to the players and things that they want to be a part of or things they're passionate about. Um, one of the things that was modeled to me when I was a student athlete feels like a hundred years ago, but it was only 20 years ago or so. Uh, was by my college coach. I've mentioned him before. Uh, he's a father figure to me. And the one thing I always watched him do was he engaged everybody in the community the exact same way. It didn't matter what your strengths, your weaknesses, your skin color, your you know rich, poor. It didn't matter. He was all about loving and serving people. And he modeled that to me. And that was something that really stuck with me and was transformational in my life. And I think that has stuck with me um, since then. And so it's not complicated uh, for us. We just really want to keep our eyes up, be on the lookout, stay curious for areas where we see need or we see opportunity for us as a team to use our collective gifts uh, to positively impact people in our community or or causes in our community uh, that will move the needle of change in the right direction. And Coach, finding that kind of heart and having that kind of attitude, especially having your team participate in it, is large right now because a lot of people, you know, they want to give back. They don't know how to give back. And a lot of teams, yeah. you know, they like to participate because that's also community building when a team is out there volunteering and they see you yeah. being the head, leading the team and volunteering. That makes them say, hey, if coach can do it, I can do it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, I say one other thing on that. I mean, I, I believe in this generation that's coming up. I hear a lot of people talk about this generation. You know, they don't do this and they don't do that and, you know, all this stuff. But I don't see that, right? I get, I see the good stuff. I see these kids coming up that are organized. They're thoughtful. They care about other people. 
they're super creative. Uh, they're willing to be vulnerable, go out on a limb and try things that uh, maybe kids before them were too cool to do. So I think this generation is unbelievable. Uh, and I think there's leaders all in it. And I can point you to story after story and kid after kid. They get me really excited, if you can't tell, about what's coming up. And so I think it's our job as coaches and leaders uh, to be on the hunt for the good stuff and stop nagging on all the nasty stuff that we don't like. Because uh, at the end of the day, we're the ones leading them. We got to look in the mirror and figure out, you know, what are they good at and how can we pile on those gifts and help them be great. Coach, that is huge. I really like that philosophy because I, I believe the same thing as well, that you have to find the good in things and stop looking for the negative and stop letting things be negative driven. Um, if you find yeah. the good in anybody, you can make them do a lot of things for everybody. And yeah, it doesn't cost, doesn't cost me anything to believe in you. And, and it doesn't. And, but it, it, it could changes. It changes someone else's life. When someone else say, Hey, I believe in you. Yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah. So coach, yeah. speaking of that and believing in someone, for a student athlete that's looking at SEU or SEU's looking at student athlete, what do you look for in a student athlete to have? Yeah, yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I could probably give a pretty long and winding answer to that, but I'll try to be as succinct as I can because I think clarity is important. Um, and all I can speak to is our program, right? We recruit kids to our program, and typically there's a few different areas where we're looking at a young person and seeing is there fit or is there not fit and i'm all about fit we're very transparent with kids when we recruit we'll, we'll talk exactly about who we are and what we're about and we want to get to know them and what they're about and if there's a natural fit and alignment where their gifts meet this opportunity then i believe it'll be a pretty natural conversation but the things we're looking for um one of them is just an absolute uh, these things apply to not just athletics. We're looking for kids who, um, in athletics, in their personal life, uh, their personal growth for us, we're a faith-based Christian college, so their spiritual growth is a piece of it. Um, and then, um, so athletics, their personal development, spiritual growth, and then obviously academics. And so when I look at those three areas, we say, okay, is the kid hungry, right? Do they want to grow from where they are today into what they can be? And what do we feel like we can come alongside them with what we have and help feed that hunger so that that young person can grow? Um, how is that evaluated? A lot of different ways. Sometimes it's how they are on the court. Um, sometimes it's uh, talking with their teachers, uh, talking with their community members, things like that. But most of the time, it's just talking with them one-on-one -on -one uh, and really uncovering what kind of hunger level do they have. That's one area. Um, we look for kids who are smart and to smart to me doesn't mean you got a 4.0 smart to me means you have a self-awareness that might even be a better word of, of who you are and who you're wired to be. Um, and do you know how to use that to your advantage and to our advantage, right? Do you know how to navigate, um, academic environments and be successful? Do you know how to uh, navigate team environments, campus environments, represent us, represent your family. You know, are you able to do in a, in a purposeful way uh, go about your business? Um, 
and then kids who are humble. And I would say that's probably the hardest one to really pinpoint, but, but at some level it's kind of the easiest one. Here's some things that I'll look for. If I, if I go to a high school game, let's say, or a, a AAU game and, uh, taken out of the game. And let's say you may disagree with that decision and everybody's a competitor, right? So sometimes <laughs> we all disagree with it, but how do you handle that? Are you going to go sit down on the bench, put a towel over your head and pout about it? Or are you going to be the first guy to grab a cup of water for the next guy that comes out of the game and give it to him and clap him up and talk to your teammates? You know, um, there's humility in encouraging somebody else when they're out there and you're not. Um, there's humility in diving on the floor for a loose ball, whether it's a big play or not a big play, encouraging your teammates. Um, we had a young man visit last year, and he was in the bleachers watching the game. And I was looking as we were walking off at halftime, I watched him walking through the bleachers, picking up garbage that was laying in the bleachers. Wow. And I went to him afterwards and I said, this is part of why I believe in this generation now. I went to him afterwards. I said, hey, I noticed this at halftime. You were picking up garbage. What were you doing? And he said, well, I saw it there and I'm able to pick it up. So I picked it up to try to help out. You know, and it's things like that that I notice in kids um, those humble behaviors that say, this isn't about me. I have more questions than I have answers. Uh, those are the kind of kids we're looking for from a personal standpoint. Um, and then obviously athletically, um, you know, we're trying to win a national championship, right? And at our level, uh, that requires an athletic ability, uh, that's very similar to high level division two and low level division one. Um, so we need to find young people who have those personal characteristics combined with the athletic ability uh, to help us achieve and them achieve a high-level championship result. Um, I will absolutely pass on someone who may not necessarily fit, uh, or I will take a pass on somebody, let's say, if they're really a high-level basketball talent, but they don't match any of those personal characteristics I'm talking about because that's a transfer waiting to happen. There's misalignment. There's no fit. Um, but sometimes I will take a kid who lines up on a personal human being level really, really well, but maybe they're a little bit less of a player, and I bet you that the kid will watch Thrive over four years, and they'll be invested in the process to get good. So we just try to be really disciplined in that approach uh, as coaches and uh, believe that if we stay the course on that, um, the right kids will show themselves and be a part of our program. Um, we take pride in um, not having a transfer. Like kids don't leave our program once they come here. Uh, we take a lot of pride in that. We don't want uh, kids to come here like you see. Uh, there's quite a trend nationally of kids coming and going, you know, three, four stops. Once they come here, we want them to commit to the process that's required to grow and, uh, and be able to invest in them over the course of time. Coach, that's, it, that's an incredible stat to have where kids are not going anywhere and they're staying with the team that chose them and gave them the opportunity to be a player. Um, yeah. Coach, in today's time, I know you see it all the time. Someone don't like something or someone feel like it's not working for them or they're not getting what they need the first thing they do is they hit the eject button and 
it's sad because the people who are you probably hit the eject button on are the ones who gave you the courtside treatment in recruitment and you know fulfilled a lot of your promises academically by saying it was going to offer you a scholarship and give you the opportunity to educate yourself in their program and at the end of the day, I value the education component because when my knees go out, um, my elbows yeah. my elbows stiffen up, and my and my shoulder lock up, my brain will still continue to work. So, so I value the education uh, component. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes too, this is another one of those areas where I think um, I always try to look in the mirror on this. I'm not perfect. Don't even hear me coming close to saying that I'm probably the opposite of that, but <laughs> by the same token, sometimes coaches got to look in the mirror, right? And if you got a revolving door, um, maybe it's your problem, not the kid. Yeah. And, you know, I try to think about, you know, let's be so clear on the front end about what we're getting into that there's no mystery. There's no surprises, you know, because I think the more transparent and relational you are with kids, right away and families. And then when they come, you're basically, you're, you're selling them a promise, right? When they're coming out of high school, I promise you that this will be your experience or, you know, I'm telling you this will be your experience. And then when they come there, you know what? It either comes true or it doesn't. And so if you're selling them dreams saying you're going to be a starter or whatever it is you're talking about, you're going to you know do this and that. And then when they come there and that doesn't happen, well, of course they're going to leave. They feel deceived. They feel lied to whatever it might be. Right. So I think it's really important that coaches are really transparent with kids and honest with kids up front. And that might mean your place is not a fit for everybody. And it's not, if you think it is, you, you know, I really would, would challenge that belief. So, but <laughs> yeah, coach, I like that. And I like the fact that you, you're able to say, Hey, if it's not going to work for me and you, at least we understand that during the process, not once you get yeah. here. Yeah. So, I admire that, Coach. Yep. And, Coach, I got one more question for you. Sure. Um, given that you already won Coach of the Year, you already made a, a title appearance, what's the next coaching goal that you have for the season coming up? Um, well, I uh, I heard an expression by a coach not too long ago, and, and I, it kind of resonated with me. On the competition side of things, I'm, I'm sort of burnt wood. And, I, and what I mean by that is uh, I really appreciate, and it's extremely humbling anytime you're recognized by your peers and when you get a coach of the year, that's basically what that is. Your peers voted for you and, and got that award. But without the players, uh, without the assistant coaches, I can assure you I'm not getting recognized by anybody for anything. Um, so for me, when I think about coaching goals, what matters, um, I, I, all that matters to me is the same thing when I wake up daily, which is I'm on the hunt to find a way to invest in the lives of the young people that are standing in front of me in a meaningful and purposeful way. Uh, sometimes that's conversation. Sometimes it's through the game. Sometimes it's through grabbing a milkshake with them off campus and talking about life. But at the end of the day, um, wins for me come in the form of, uh, helping young people grow. And so when I think about goals, uh, I'm not looking five years down, down the rail. I'm looking tomorrow morning when I wake up and get the opportunity and privilege to stand next to a group of 15 young men whose life can I invest in in a meaningful way where they grow. 
that's my goal. And coach, that's an incredible goal to have an immediate goal. Coach, man, it's been a true pleasure to have you on today. Um, thank you for all the insight that you gave and the golden nuggets you dropped along the way. Um, man, Southeastern University, congratulations in the future. I'm just going to go ahead and congratulate you now. And on behalf of Underscouted Coach, we thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah. No, we appreciate you and what you're trying to do uh, in the lives of young people as well uh, and helping them uh, achieve their dreams and, and grow up to be all that they're gifted to be. So thanks for all you guys are doing. Be encouraged. I appreciate the, the time and the opportunity to be with you this evening. So thanks a lot. Thank you, Coach. We would like to give a thank you to our sponsors, Magaya Watches, Keeping Time in Sports, and Maria Dornell, Realtor of La Rosa Realty, helping families open doors to their dream homes.